welcome back to another episode of the Protect the Asset podcast. A healthy and happy personal trainer delivers a much better service than a tired, stressed, and overwhelmed personal trainer. And yet, a lot of personal trainers are stuck in an industry that incorrectly rewards quantity over quality. An industry that promotes health but fails to support it. You've got to work more to earn more. But with a growing list of clients who have a growing list of goals, experienced personal trainers spread themselves far too thin. They're left feeling tired, frustrated, and overwhelmed. It's just not a sustainable career path. So we created Protect the Asset, the podcast, as a place where experienced personal trainers can learn how to position themselves as a specialist that delivers outstanding client results while working less and earning more. As a result, they become happy, healthy personal trainers who deliver a better service. In each episode, I deconstruct the lives of successful personal trainers and coaches and extract the tactics, tools, and routines that they've used to build and grow their businesses in a sustainable way. This includes favorite books, morning routines, exercise habits, key business skills, time management tricks, and much more. So strap yourself in. It's time to protect your number one asset. A slightly different show today, Instead of talking to a personal trainer or a coach, my guest today is Martin Sully, a brand strategist and owner of Snapper Studios. So Martin is empowering thoughtful brands with strategy and design. So branding is a lot more than meets the eye. We often think of our logo, our images, and maybe our color palette as the elements that make up our brand. But the visual aspects of branding are only at the surface level. So in today's episode, Martin and I talk about how your business vision, values, and goals impact your brand. We talk about the importance of knowing your why behind what your business stands for. We also go into talking about should personal trainers be using a business name to grow their brand or should they be using their own name, their personal name to grow their brand when and why you might choose one or the other. What is branding? How far does branding go? We look at the culture, we look at the implications of our staff, we look at how it affects the clients, our client niche, all these very important aspects of your business are in this conversation today. There's a lot of useful information in this episode that'll help personal trainers build and grow their brand. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get stuck in. I spent four or five years working in large format publishing and I worked with like some crazy big brands were amazing and I learned a lot from that. And then that took me kind of straight into working with an in-house marketing team, working on one band specifically. And I did that for two years and I learned a huge amount, but I didn't want to just stick to looking after one brand. So it was kind of using all that knowledge and then pushing myself out into the world. I then freelanced around Auckland for a year, working for a couple of different branding agencies. That was kind of what kind of triggered it all for me, really. Awesome, man. How many years have you been doing this sort of stuff for now? I graduated in 2008 and yeah, we're now 2022. So what's that, 14 years or so? Just under 14 years now. So it's been, yeah, six years, six or seven years on my own now. I want to get stuck um, into sort of talking, talking about niche, you know, client niching and stuff later in the yeah. conversation. But do you have a client niche yourself? And if so, like who are the ideal clients that you work with? I have more experience working in 
the sort of health and fitness lifestyle brands bringing them to life only because it's just been something that is i like my wife's a physio and it's just part of my living and being healthy and yeah taking care of myself has kind of yeah impacted i guess some of the clients that i work with and specifically i love working as well with brands that are kind of looking at being ethical so having those major sort of impacts on the world and people's lives i guess yeah i'm always sort of drawn to drawn to those you know instagram accounts and that sort of sways my knowledge and my sort of yeah looking at looking at i, I didn't i didn't even it didn't even know that they were your that they were your clients when i invited you on the show i was just really yeah. interested to hear about <laughs> hear about branding but it's the perfect yeah. it's the perfect fit yeah right so I think, you know, when most people hear the term branding, they think about their logo, they think about images, maybe they think about a colour palette. Do you find that a lot of your clients think this way? And if so, like, how do you talk them through the bigger picture of branding? And maybe what is branding, if you can answer that for us? Yeah, so, yeah, naturally, I think because it's it's the sexy part of branding is the... You know, looking at the logos and deciding on your color palettes and like all the, you know, taking into consideration all your fonts and all the sort of psychological choices that you make to get your brand looking how you want your customers to see it. Those, yeah, it's it's a huge, it's a huge area, but definitely there's a lot of coaching around starting off at the kind of back end strategy parcels. You know, I don't want to describe it as the boring parts, but it's kind of like the the nuts and bolts of your brand before you start making all the all the fun, sexy decisions. So you have to kind of do the do the technical technical work in the background. But it's really a long game of making those little decisions that have a big overall impact. It's when you're looking at, you know, your, your why, that sort of thing, your your values, they all start driving the content you eventually start creating when you've got all the visual assets. That's, yeah. I guess that's the, the one main thing. So I think you're right there. A lot of people see branding and they think about the visual components first, like the visual stuff, yeah. the fun and sexy stuff that you talk about. Yeah. But behind the scenes like you know there's the values the why behind the business and really so i suppose creating the language that we're going to use for developing our message and maybe guiding our marketing absolutely that- yeah so- absolutely the, the biggest impacts of the things like yeah your tone of voice that you're you're making but that all gets led from your kind of discovering of what makes you unique as opposed to your competitors so when you, you've got to have a full understanding of who your competitors are to kind of set yourself apart and understand why you're different, what your message is, who your buyer personas are. Once you've worked all those little bits and pieces, you can kind of then fill in the gaps and build that visual identity that people will then go, okay, I understand why, you know, Martin's picked a, a green color palette or a a red color palette for, for my product. And then looking at, you know, the fonts can have a big impact on how people be, perceive you, but it's, yeah, it's really just making sure you think and question 
all those little decisions that you make. I'd like to maybe start with yeah, the start. Like if, if a client was to come to you, let's say a personal trainer yeah. or someone in the fitness yeah. industry and they want to work on their brand, like what's the starting place? Like where would you consider starting with a client? Let's say, you know, yeah. they've, they've got a logo and they've got some colors that they have been using, but they've got no real concrete brand. And they're a bit like, well, yeah. you know, I want to tie this all in. I want to make it look professional. Where, where do we start? Yeah. So I typically, for me, yeah, starting with a consultation and getting a full understanding of the business, looking at the foundations of, you know, what makes you unique and whether, you know, what are your, your values, what feelings are you trying to communicate to your customers? And then really breaking that down into what your target markets are. It's just kind of filling in the little gaps till we get to a point where, yeah, it's, it's clear what direction you need to kind of adjust to, to get to where you want to go from your, you know, your brand goals, what do you, what's your long-term vision for, for your brand, I guess. You've mentioned values a couple of times there in the conversation. Yeah. So let's say, you know, I'm a personal trainer and I've got values of health and I've got values of being strong and I've got values of, you know, taking care of my body or whatever you sort of see, maybe it's the freedom how, do the, how does that impact brand? Like when we start to define those values, what's yeah. the downstream effect of how that, how that impacts brand? So I guess the, the biggest one for me is when, you're, when you've got your values and they could be personal values, especially if you're a personal trainer, your personal values are going to have a big impact on how you, how you communicate and what you kind of communicate to people. And yeah, gradually, so let's just i'm just trying to think one off the top of my head for, for me i have i'm always hands-on so that for me is i'm hands-on like how many ways can you be hands-on with a business and uh, you can be hands-on in a physical sense you can be hands-on in a kind of a way of looking at it you know from an external position so you'll you might not necessarily be doing a job for them but you're you're your mind is always taking about what's the next thing we need to do to get to where that brand wants to be. And yeah, I guess taking, taking a look at those things is, yeah, it's really, really important. Do the values drive like, okay, the values are obviously personal values or maybe business values, depending on, yeah. you know, who yeah, you're yeah. working with and that client. Do those values drive the decisions in the logo design and the color and the language and all those sort of things? Like, how do we link our values yeah. into the into the branding? Style absolutely, they they absolutely yeah they can they can definitely affect the the logo. Yeah, color palettes. I mean, if you're looking at you know if you're an ethical brand, like you instantly might be seeing yourself as slightly organic. So you're going to be led by more green tones, and it could be your wording that we can affect your wording and to the, to the messaging, your tone of voice. So you might always have a set, a list of words that you always include or your a tone of voice that you always want to kind of stick to. And there's, there's a whole, there's a whole range of things. It's really difficult to kind of put it into one little snippet of just how many little bits and pieces <laughs> it can be affecting. <laughs> Yeah, I totally get it, mate. I think it's such a big thing and it's just so confusing to, you know, a lot of people Absolutely. who don't yeah. work in branding and yeah. just sort of see it as the logo and color. But I like the way that you say, you know, if you're in, if you're environmentally minded, it's got to be more organic and it might be more earthy yeah. colors or nature yeah. or natural colors. Yeah. 
And I suppose if you're a coach or a trainer and you're all about the energy and being energetic and enjoyment and the fun factor, yeah. then it might be like brighter, like reds and oranges. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. Different. More fast paced, kind of, yeah. You might be, yeah, look, looking at more reds, blacks, oranges. And you can kind of see that with a lot of, with a lot of personal trainers. They quite often use black and white photos. You know, might have a bit of slight, slight blur in the photos, all those sorts of little indicators of action and you know, mm. driving, driving movement. That's a cool way to think about it as well. I hadn't really thought about, you know, blurring images or, you know, the style yeah. of those images. Um, that you I was going to say, it's all those little things that are another big kind of area that can definitely quite quickly shift how people see you same as videos like videos are an amazing one because you can make them kind of as you know if you're a yoga studio you're probably not going to be going down the route of having really fast paced but you can kind of slowly pace a video you can you can the same goes for photos they can kind of look slow paced mm. even though they're not moving by being slightly out of focus or slightly blurry Whereas, yeah, if you want fast paced, you might want to have them really sharp. As you say that to me, I'm sort of thinking, okay, videos and the music and yeah. the imagery and all that sort of stuff gives a representation of, you know, who we are, who the business yeah. is, um, yeah. you know, the values and potentially even the goals of where we're heading in that direction. Yeah. I think off the back of that, I want to sort of talk about is like how important is consistency in the brand? Because we see a lot of people that might, you know, post some videos and they're all go, 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 go. And then they post some yeah. videos that are really slow or it's images of, you know, action and lists of stuff happening and then different images. Like if we're chopping and changing and there's no sort of consistency in the brand, does that have an impact? Yeah, absolutely. So that's like your one key indicator that brand doesn't necessarily know which direction it's going or is a little bit confused is when they're chopping and changing. It can have a massive impact on whether your target market, they actually trust you in that you're going to start delivering all the things you're saying. Because if they're seeing you one week and then they're thinking, oh, yeah, okay, okay, I can get on board with that. That's yeah, that looks cool. That looks fun. And then the next week it's like slow paced. Uh, I can't, I'm just confused. It's the, and that is, that's the one thing is just confusing for people. Mm. So I've done presentations on the past to businesses just for, you know, having consistency in the visual side of things. And that's, yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge area that, you know, often goes completely out of the way and it's you see it a lot on instagram where people uh, will be posting one thing one week it may not be the messaging but it might be just the look of it mm. that then the following week it's another slightly different look to it they might be testing out a new color palette yeah you need to get all those things kind of fixed up first mm. and then just be confident with it and just yeah, run with it and keep going and keep going and keep going. <laughs> it's like a lot of stuff, isn't it, mate? It's all about that yeah. consistency and repeatability and um, yeah. just being able to build a certain image or allow people to sort of get yeah. connected with, yeah. okay, what does this brand stand for? Or what does this personal yeah. trainer stand you, for? You gotta be confident with it. You gotta be comfortable selling what you're selling mm. through your brand. You gotta love it as mm. well. You gotta love your brand. It just makes it makes things a whole lot easier to to work with. You'll feel more confident. Yeah, 
just makes things easier. <laughs> is, is brand something that's static? Like, you know, you talked about before that you're working with an organization and you're part of their branding team. So I get this idea that branding yes. obviously changes because if it was static and you just yeah. sat down and you made your brand and then you go, okay, now it's done, I just continue on with this. Yeah. If it is dynamic, then how often I'll be revisiting it and looking at it. Yeah, okay. So I guess typically if you're looking at it from a, an external perspective, a big brand like McDonald's, like they rarely change their brand in the sense that, you know, it's always fairly consistent, but every couple of years, they'll start bringing out a new campaign, an advertising campaign that is, it takes all that kind of look and feel and value that's been built up and just takes it to a new level. And that it's not changing the brand, it's just changing the kind of the communication method. Mm. So they're not necessarily looking at shifting the brand entirely. They might add new elements, but those elements are so carefully kind of planned in that you don't notice them jumping from McDonald's being spelt out completely to they jump to just using the M. And as interestingly, I saw the other day, Doritos had started doing campaigns with no logos. But you knew from the shape of the chip and the tone of voice and the message itself, you knew that it was Doritos and they didn't need to say anymore. But that sticks with you. So you remember that. Yeah, that's a strong, like a strong brand identity, yeah. I suppose. You can take certain but, elements out of it, but still recognize yeah. the brand from yeah. the other elements that do Absolutely. exist there. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, they've, they've built up so much trust and reputation with audiences that people know who they are without them needing to do that. And, but that's very hard for businesses that are, for small businesses that are kind of working with limited budgets, like their budgets will be in the millions and billions mm. for, for advertising as small businesses can't do that. I think it's maybe easy to overlook the impact of brand. And then when we try to put a value on it, like let's say, you know, I'm a coach, I'm a personal trainer. I'm thinking, okay, why do I need a logo? Why do I need a brand? And like the importance of that. But when we invest in our brand and we start to build something that does have strong brand identity, I think, you know, it really yeah. does help build trust and it does help build a certain level of, I suppose, rapport with our clients or a way for them to go, yeah. okay, I know that brand or I know that personal trainer and I know what they do because yeah. the message has been very consistent. and Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But branding and marketing are two different things. Like marketing is an aspect yeah. of business, but branding oversees a lot more than just marketing correct yeah it's that one in itself is a really hard one to explain because i've been in both i'm kind of fairly blended mm. and some of the stuff that i do would be touching on uh, marketing kind of toes but definitely more from the brand perspective if you're looking at it separately branding is the reason why you buy the product marketing is how you buy the product so it's like why you running go into the shops a bit branding is more kind of convincing you that you need that project in your life hmm. yeah i think that's probably the simplest way to explain that yeah yeah no, I guess, <laughs> no it's, it's like i said it's such a complex sort of thing to put together the blocks and sort of yeah. see, see how it works but yeah. i think if if you've got a strong brand identity that yeah. can really flow into your uh, marketing like you get yeah, good absolutely. clarity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, you need that clarity of, you know, 
what your product is and why you're selling it first before you start expanding and sort of venturing into different sort of areas of marketing. So whether you, you know, you're building a website, you're you know, putting together a podcast or you're using your Instagram accounts, Facebook, all these different areas, you know, whether people would, you know, trainers would use LinkedIn. I doubt it. It's more, you know, it's definitely more of a more business side of things, but at the same time, people in business do still go and do training, keep themselves fit. You mentioned earlier, like, like the visions, the long-term visions and maybe the goals of the business. So if we're sitting down sort of thinking yeah. about, okay, as a personal trainer, maybe I've got a goal of building an online community or maybe I'm trying to build a reputation as a, a specialist in you know, my niche industry. Maybe I've yeah. got financial goals or I've got certain lifestyle goals with, with my business. Can you speak to any of those or do you have examples of maybe how visions and goals yeah. might affect the brand? In yeah. Any way? So uh, I guess the most recent example of this one is I've been working with a psychologist who's really high level working on EMDR stuff. Like she's one of 34 people in the world trained up to be able to teach other people to do all this. And her main goal is to train enough people that she can start to affect world peace. And like, that's a huge, huge goal. And obviously whilst it's, whilst it's slightly unrealistic, you've got to have those big goals. Like you want to affect the world positively to be able to break it down into like little ones that you can actually start ticking off and using that as a as a way to yeah i guess focus your brand i suppose those goals like they start to give you a language to speak from like if yeah. you've got that goal let's say well peace yeah. is the goal you're going to yeah. use that language maybe those colors maybe those yeah. fonts whatever it is that yeah. support it's that vision like from a from an impact perspective for her all those little decisions that we made early on where she set out her her kind of goals, her vision, they then fed back into soft muted color palette. We've got uh, carefully chosen fonts. So we are picking, you know, we considered whether, you know, does she, does she want to include the word doctor? Cause like we were, she came to me and initially she was like, ah, oh, people are just a bit afraid of me. I don't seem very approachable. How do we make me more approachable? And I'm like, okay, there's a few ways to do it. You know, we put you front and center and have you being approachable using a soft color palette and yeah, I guess made her seem like it's not, she's not some scary person to come and talk to. She's just a human at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. I can definitely relate to that. Like the wording and how you present yourself has a huge impact on, you know, clients' abilities to be able to engage with you as a coach or you as yeah. a business. Like there was a time yeah. when we were in the gym and, you know, we, we had a CrossFit gym and, you know, I was writing all the programming and it, we were a couple of years in and, you know, we've got new members walking in the door that have probably never touched a barbell before. And then you've got yeah. members that have been weightlifting for a couple of years now. So you've got this huge diversity in client ability. 
And what we were doing is we were trying to break the programming up. So let's say Monday was a squat day. Everyone was, everyone was squatting, but you've got, yeah. okay, the advanced guys are doing, you know, seven sets of three. It's heavy work. And, you know, the beginners coming into the gym and doing like four sets of 10. It's light work, more repetition, yeah. blah, 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 for yeah. the reasons behind that. But we'd gone and named the programming like athlete, you know, sport, and then like life or something like that. Yeah. But everyone wants to be an athlete. Everyone comes into yeah. the gym and because yeah. you've chosen that word to describe the program, even though they yeah. need to be doing the beginner stuff, they jump to the, I'm an athlete because <laughs> that's yes. the image that everybody yeah. wants. Yeah. So like just the wording and like you say, how you present yourself or how you choose to yeah. speak about different elements of your business can just have a, such a big impact on the client and the customer. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And, and, and also attracting new customers through the doors, they might be like put off so an example for this one i worked with a, a movement and yoga studio here in newcastle and there we debated for a long time the wording around how they attracted their over 50s classes and their general any ages groups and we spent a long time i was like between us, we were all fairly adamant that over 50s, it had a negative impact because people are already feeling a little bit seen now. They're going to the classes, but feeling a little bit ridiculed by the fact that they're over 50. And like, it, it's, yeah, it's a number, but there's so many people would feel uncomfortable doing that. Mm. But we switched it around to include longevity. So longevity being sort of length of life and, and like it was then opened up to anybody and people with injuries that were just looking at rehabbing themselves could mm. go to the classes. So it started to break down those barriers, just a little yeah. change in a word. And you know, it's, it's powerful, isn't it? I think people don't yeah. like to necessarily be categorized. If you push people into certain groups, they put up their boundaries and their walls. Like you say, it's a deterrent, not an attraction, but by using the right words and understanding your audience and who they are, you know, we yeah. can help move people in the right direction or, you know, get them Absolutely. to do the right program or the right class or whatever it is in that context. Yeah. It's yeah. cool because it starts to open up the idea of like, and I speak to a lot of coaches about their niche and the idea about choosing a niche. And, you know, to me, a broad niche is like someone will come to me and go, okay, I want to help women get strong. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Okay, women want to get strong. But yeah. who are these women? Because if you're working yeah. with women in their 20s and 30s, the reason yeah. why a woman in her 20s and 30s might want to get strong is different to a reason why a woman in her mm. 40s and 50s might want to get strong. Yeah. So yeah. then if your marketing and your branding is, is, is just trying to speak to women and it's not yeah. really honing in on the specifics of, yeah. you know, why they want to get strong, then yeah. again, the message is very, very confusing and you don't really target a specific audience. Okay. Yeah, that clarity is really important. Off the yeah. back of that, like... Why do you think it is certain clients and customers choose one brand over another brand? Mm. Yeah, I think that's a lot of it is psycho psychological sort of impact and the, how you've kind of been perceived. It might be you've got a long-term reputation. It could be that people are talking about you and talking about you and saying things that you don't know about. So it could be somebody's had a negative experience and they've 
they've gone to their friends, told them about it, and they, they're not picking you because, you know, you've got this negative reputation. Yeah, there's a whole host of factors. It could just be that, you know, the messaging, it could be the tone of voice. They just liked it. You know, you kept it chirpy, you kept it, you know, happy, and it could be anything like that. There's a, there's a whole factor of, there's a whole range of ideas. Yeah, yeah, I get that. It's, it's such a tricky, tricky, tricky business to put your finger <laughs> on, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. A lot of it, you can glean a lot from actually just talking to your talking to your ideal people and finding out what they love. If you're picking, you know, customers that you want to work with as well, finding out what they love and things they enjoy doing is a good way to then be able to kind of focus your marketing towards those people as well. My last couple of podcasts have been along those lines as well of, you know, repelling, repelling customers you don't want to work with. So by, you know, you can set, set expectations of what people come to expect from you, standing, standing for different things, standing for something you believe in, are all going to start rejecting and repelling people you don't want to work with to find the people that you do want to work with you as well. That's a very important point you make because I think a lot of businesses out there are, are just like, I want as many clients as I possibly can. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. there's a reluctancy to choose a niche because people are like, oh, I don't want to be turning away clients. Yeah. Can you speak to like why, I think you already said a little bit, it's important to turn away certain clients because yeah. if they don't align with your values and your business, yeah. they could give you a bad review and that's going to impact yeah. your brand and business. Absolutely. So, but why else do you think it's important to turn away you know, an audience that's not your audience. I, I guess one thing could be time constraints. If they expect more from you than you can physically give them, or they're expecting, you know, you're keeping it fairly loose, how much time you spend together, and they kind of want you more than you can physically give them. All those sorts of things are going to start having an impact on your on your health as much as theirs. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to set expectations in a way to make sure that you're working with people you, you love working with and that will talk, talk to other people to help help build your brand as much as, you know, it's the same as you know, if you work with, if you've got employees, getting them to share your brand as another advocate, you know, somebody else believes in it just as much as you do. I like that because in, in one of my earlier podcasts, I was chatting with Ed Haynes and he'd really sat down and done a lot of work on his business in terms of figuring out his why and figuring out his values. And one of the big yeah. things he, he said was really beneficial from that is, is his staff and how he hired his staff. You know, he always had this thing where some staff he really clicked with and, you know, he, he really felt that they were doing a good job for the business and they were aligned and yeah. other staff he didn't understand why, but they'd butt heads often. And then yeah. when he found clarity in his why and he found clarity in his values, he was like, well, that's why you and I don't get along because we that's don't right. have the same values. So yeah. I don't think you're a good fit for the team. Yeah. And then yeah. now when he hires his staff, you know, he hasn't got it perfect, but he really tries to align, you know, that hiring process with the values of the business. So again, it's like branding so much bigger because it's even like coming down to the culture and it's coming down yeah. to the to the hiring of the staff. Massively. If you've got people that uh, believe in you and they're just so helpful in sharing the message, but also making your day-to-day -day runnings of the business easy, they can even take the load off you from jobs to actually allow you to kind of concentrate on the rest of building your business and mm. doing the stuff that pushes the brand further forward and 
allows you to achieve your goals long term because you could want to have a, a business of 20 staff working with you and then start working towards your next thing whether you start branching out into a slightly different sector that kind of falls underneath your current brand so it could be just an expansion yeah you've got to have the sort of the space and the capacity to be able to do that and whether that's you take on somebody that's like your you know somebody gets promoted within the team to to take on some of your responsibilities that you just can't do anymore that's a nice way to look at it too and i think you know you're on the money there like if we're if we know our values and we're aligning our staff and our team we're creating an environment that supports our values yeah. like how quickly the business can grow and obviously move yeah. into other areas yeah. if we want to but then also if the clients and the customers and the people we serve align with our values and align with our brand like again it's a more enjoyable workplace to yeah. be in. like you're, you're helping the people you want to help they, they appreciate you for who you are yeah. you're being authentic they're being authentic and it's yeah. just the energy of the business i can see how that's a positive energy, whereas yeah. the negatives or the unaligned clients or the underlined staff, they can be draining or they yeah. put on so and much more stress. The like yeah, the likelihood is that eventually those, the people that just don't quite fit will probably leave anyway. Mm. But in in that is not necessarily a bad thing that, yeah, you've you've lost a few people here and there. The, what you will gain is far more kind of unified to unified business and unified culture that people will love and tell all their friends about. And that's, mm. yeah, building those little super fans. That's like one of like your dream goals for, you know, for me as a brand strategist, brand coach, brand designer, building a brand that has people raving about it. It's like, yeah, one of my number one goals. Mm. <laughs> can't remember who said it but there's an author or there's a there's a, a business sort of coach out there that says that you know you'd rather have a thousand loyal followers who are passionate yeah. about your brand than to have a million followers that just don't really resonate with who you yeah. are or what your brand Absolutely. is because it's not those metrics that drive the success of your business it's about the quality of your audience not the quantity necessarily yeah. of your audience yeah absolutely i mean it's the the same goes for companies like coca-cola they spent i think something i'm sure i've read a stat it's something like six billion every year on their marketing but they're just going for mass audiences they don't really have a particular niche they just need to sell their product and it's by you know any means any means possible and it, so that's how they end up spending so much money but whereas a little business has to kind of focus all that attention to one little area that you can really start building traction with mm. it's yeah it's important yeah. it's important but not to waste your money it is a good realization because like i say big brands have got like a war chest of marketing and branding money they can spend yeah. so much money yeah. and we see them and we see how they grow their business and we think oh well, that's what i have to do i've got to spend money to better get this out there but for a big company like you say for a mcdonald's or for a coca-cola to change mm. that's that's huge like their brand yeah, yeah. is like so strict yeah. and so tight yeah. but the benefit of a small business is we can adapt quickly we can change stuff fast yeah. Yeah, but also yeah. when we claim our territory when we know who yeah. we are we know our nation we can claim that territory i think it's a yeah. lot easier for us to organically grow and build you know something quite valuable and quite niche yeah, specific and branding is a good part of that you know, we talked a little bit there about some sort of metrics. We talked about the, the followers and likes or the quality of your crowd and stuff like yeah. that. 
when we, when we start to work with branding, is there metrics that we can use to determine if the branding is working? Yeah, and that is a lot more tricky to measure. Uh, I guess you, your ultimate sort of metrics are looking at whether there's been an increase in revenue across the kind of 12 months preceding that, because as you can quickly change things, it's, again, it is a long, it's a long game. It could be, yeah, it could be 12 months in lots of tweaking before you start seeing some real kind of results from it. So yeah, it's difficult to measure, which makes it tricky in some ways to, to sell the kind of benefits from that. But yeah, I guess a long-term experience and yeah, doing, doing the right things and testing new ideas is the, is the, the one takeaway. Mm, and that's a very valuable point that you make. Like, you know, we can work on our brand and we can make changes, but it's not instantaneous. Like, you know, the idea no. of brand is to, is to build an image and to, yeah. for people to recognize us, which obviously takes time you can't just make a brand, you know, popular yeah. or make a brand so appealing instantly. Yeah. In, in your experience, like, what is that? What is that time? Like, how is there a, a sort of idea or a range of time that it takes to build recognition with a brand, or that's yeah. just very independent? Yeah, it's really, it is really independent on a few factors. Friendship bases have a big impact. It's such a tight knit community, and if you've got a big friendship base, you can launch a brand and have quick success within a matter of weeks. And if you've got the right idea, it can be, it can quickly, it can quickly build. It's, it's, it can be really fast, but it also depends on a few things like who you're targeting. So if you're targeting, you know, something nationally, that's going to take a bit longer. You've got to have all the structures in place and all the systems in place to be able to kind of handle all the all the change that's gonna need to be made and yeah hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of elements <laughs> yeah it's a, it, it get, again a tricky one to put you put your finger on isn't it like and i like yeah. the way you sort of said there like obviously the local community the word of mouth it's that building yeah. trust and building rapport that helps the brand spread by the sounds of it yeah uh, a bricks and mortar business in a local sort of uh, yeah. geographical location the branding yeah. there could be very different to, like, say, a coach trying to build an online business that's obviously got a bigger yeah. reach and connecting yeah. with, you know, the people that you want to serve. It's an interesting yeah. way to look at yeah. it. To switch gears a little bit, like, yeah. I know a lot of personal trainers and coaches, when they talk about their brand, like, it's more of a personal brand. Like, they use their name as the brand yeah. and they try to grow their, their brand from this sort of personal perspective. And then there are business and fitness companies that, you know, make a brand as in terms of a business yeah. brand. Are there pros and cons to either way of that? Or would you suggest for a personal trainer that, you know, the personal brand, their name is the best way to go forward? I think that's very much dependent on your long-term plans. Are you building the business to eventually sell it? If your plans is to build up something and sell the business, then using your name isn't isn't gonna isn't gonna work. You're gonna build up a lot of collateral for yourself. And once you're gone, that's it. You've sold the business. You're no longer working in it. And yeah, so from that perspective, if that's your long term goal, just go with brand name and not your personal name. But if you have no intention on ever selling it, you just wanna get a really cool basis of, you know, working with your PT business, your online 
business and building up a comfortable wage than going with your name is yeah mm. and build start building that reputation mm. i don't think there's anything wrong with that but mm. likewise if you don't want it if you just you don't want to put your name out there and at all and you just want to build a brand that's okay too there's, there's no shame in not wanting to put your name out there you can just be you know co-founder or founder of the business and Very- have other people working with you very good points there. I like that that approach. Like if you're going to scale the business and the long-term yeah. vision is, let's say, to have staff working for you yeah. or to sell the business and because you know that long-term vision, then the yeah. choice of your business name you know, might yeah. not be your name. Whereas if you're a personal trainer that's trying to build maybe status and, and be yeah. recognized as a specialist in a specific yeah. area with no intention of a team or, you know, selling the business, then, yeah. you know, your personal name or personal brand could yeah. be a great way to elevate that status yeah, and become absolutely. that specialist. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a clever way to look at, you know, that choice. And I think, like you said before, it just comes back to have you done the work, do you know your why and do yeah. you have the vision of where, where the business yeah, and that's wants why to go. It all works out, you know, just, yeah, it all works out being really important work to do. Whilst it's not the sexy stuff, it's really, it really helps you formulate plans and kind of get, your systems and your structure in place and we haven't even talked about you know kind of that roadmap of what happens when somebody comes to you and you make this you know you're looking at make help them make a sale what happens at the end of that trip to you know do they leave you a review is it a positive one do they go back to the start and you know buy something new yeah all those sort of things you take you've got to take into consideration first mm or you start working on like the brand appearance and it's the visual identity that comes as like step nine. So many different aspects that we don't think of, like, you know, the visual stuff jumps to mind early, but we can start to see how the values, the vision, the direction of the company, all these little aspects can have a huge impact on on the brand and how you get it out there. Once you have clarity, so if you sit down with a coach and you build all this clarity about visions and values and we start to build the colors and the logos and all this sort of stuff, how do we then start to build brand awareness? Is there any tips that you can give us around? Yeah, I think a lot of that will come down from the kind of the early work that you're putting in. So when you've outlined your market and your positioning of the business and all those sort of things, what makes you unique, those little indicators will start finding your people, I guess, sharing your business around and start making, yeah, I guess start making that that name more known to other people that might have similar interests why you do the work up front and then you can start snowballing that those effects and those results afterwards how important do you think it is to talk about your visions and your values and your direction in terms of your brand and if it's in, if it is important like what sort of channels yeah. what sort of channels are we using to get that information out there yeah i think i think they are really good to share even just across Instagram, yeah, the number of ways you can kind of look at look at talking about them and sharing them out there. What's going to have the most impact? It's really going to be a, a bit of trial and error. It's also what what you're comfortable with. What you know, are you more comfortable using Instagram, or you're more likely to use Facebook, mm. or you know, it's a personal decision of which one you you love and which one you can kind of utilize to share share content with but yeah definitely talking about all the your vision and values and things is it's not a bad idea 
We see a lot of businesses like bricks and mortar will paint their values on the walls and stuff like that. And yeah. obviously that yeah. the, the members walking through can see that. But I think, you know, in the online yeah. world, it's important to really voice those values and to, yeah. and to voice the Absolutely. why behind the business and what you're doing through social media, through podcasts, if you've got podcasts, yeah. through your YouTube videos, yeah. through your lives, like, you know, all that sort of content. Yeah. If you're running workshops, talk about your values, you know, if you're running webinars, yeah. like if yeah. the more of the brand or the more of, you know, yeah. your, the, the personality yeah. that you can get in there, probably the better in the long yeah. run. And start, you know, yeah, start focusing on building your email lists and, you know, if you if you use, if YouTube's really has starts having an impact, you would use YouTube. There's there's a number of different ways and yeah, it's a lot of trial and error and finding mm. out what works and what doesn't work. You know, some people have really good success, you know, spending money on Google ads, but that's a whole nother another area of, you know, whether you, you know, want to spend the money on that side of things. And it's been awesome, mate. I've learned so much in, you know, this short time that we've just sort of sat down and had a talk about brand. It makes me want to go back and think about my own brand and where I'm, where I'm maybe doing well and maybe areas that I need to work on. Is there anything yeah, you, think, you feel that we haven't spoken about that, you know, personal trainers should know about or do you think we've pretty much covered a good spectrum of what branding yeah, is and why it's important? Think, yeah, we're fairly well covered for, for a lot of it. I think the only thing, if, you know, if anybody was keen to... I guess learn a little more. There's my podcast you can jump on, which is Hot Metal Brand. It's only just started it, but slowly running through eight sort of sections that you need to kind of look at for building building a brand. And yeah, it's, it's a good place to start. All right, hot Hot Metal Brand is where we've got to go. Metal to Brand. Listen, yeah. listen to the podcast and hear more about the steps in terms of our branding. Off the back of that, Martin, like where can people find out more about you and more about what you do? Yeah, so uh, my website is snapper.studio and the same goes for, for Instagram, snapper.studio. If you search for search for that, I'm around there. You can, you know, yeah, jump in my inbox and say hey. Awesome, mate. Awesome. And and you run you run like branding workshops and webinars yeah, and so, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So workshops I do regular sort of yeah, branding workshop. I've got one coming up next week, next Tuesday. Just look over the sort of foundations. You get a big workbook to kind of work through and start thinking about your brand from from scratch. It's a useful and sort of introduction to my work as well. Listeners, if you're keen to work on your brand, then, you know, jump on to Martin's website and check out his workshops and stuff like that. I've actually done a workshop with Martin and got, you know, ideas about my brand as well. So loads of useful information there, then loads of stuff that will carry over more than just your brand. I think, you know, the visions, the values, the why, love the stuff that we've sort of, you know, spoken about today. So yeah, yeah. Is there any other resources that you would recommend, Martin, to personal trainers who are having trouble with their brand? Do you know what? If there's a quick a quick one, you can just jump onto my website. I've got a download on there called the Feels Finder, and that's really useful to just look, start looking at the feelings that you want to sell, as opposed to yeah, yeah, you're not selling coaching. You're selling the results of coaching, I guess. Hmm. I love that because I think we. A lot of coaches and you just look at the industry we we push the physical transformation there's a lot yeah. of talk about the physical but there's not yeah. very much talk about the emotional transformation and people buy it's, the emotional transformation more than they buy the physical yeah, yeah. it's yeah it's a that's a big one it's always the first thing i work with with people and probably the the biggest like ah oh, really <laughs> all right i've been 
doing it wrong. Don't give away too many of your secrets. We're, we're starting to. <laughs> uh, wicked. All right, Martin, thank you very much for your time today. Greatly appreciate it. And no worries, yeah, I look forward to uh, you know catching up with you in the future and talking about maybe yeah. branding and other stuff again. Cheers, mate. Catch you soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Protect the Asset podcast. I'd be grateful if you can leave a comment, add a review, and share this podcast with those who might find it helpful. Thanks for listening, and I wish you all the success and happiness with your personal training career.